Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, in honor of Guillermo Martinez getting ejected from a game before the game even started yesterday, have you ever had a moment in your life where you've been kicked out of something before it even started? Um, nothing off the top. If I'm to think, I don't know if it counts. Um, I guess I've been asked politely to leave in a bar, <laughs> you know, three steps into the door. Um, but no, very impressive feat, man. And I think that goes back to a 64% in the category on the umpire scorecard, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, you know what? I'd be cheesed too. So that's very impressive by, by, I believe the hitting coach. Um, great. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just got tired of staying up for an extra inning game and asked to leave early politely and didn't want to ask, but this was his way to get out of it. But who knows? We'll talk about the umpiring a little later in the episode. But today on the show, we've got a lot more to cover. We got our game recaps. We got our thumbs up. We've got our thumbs down for the series. We've got news and notes. We've got some fun stats. And as always, we're going to preview our upcoming series against the Brewers. Riley, you ready to rock? Let's do this, man. All right. Well, the Toronto Blue Jays lost the series. They only won one of the three games after losing the previous series against New York. So we are on a little bit of a slide as of now. We currently stand with a record of 39 and 30. We're 11 games back in the AL East, and we're still in the top wild card position. However, we're only one and a half games up. We've got the uh, Cleveland, Minnesota, uh, Tampa Bay, and Boston right on our heels now. So now we really got to start winning these games and winning series. Uh, game one, the Jays lost that game eight to seven. Jose Barrios couldn't keep his good stretch going. Jays gave up runs in each of the first five innings. They tried making a comeback, but fell one run short. Home runs for Rymel Tapia and Kevin Biggio in this game. Game two was the extra inning affair. It was seven to six for the White Sox in 12 innings. The Jays had a 98.7% chance of winning this game at one point and couldn't come through. Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. came up with two men on late, but couldn't bring them in. Jordan Romano had the blown save in the ninth, and uh, this was the umpiring game that we'll touch on later. And George Springer had to leave this game as well with an injury. Game three, the Jays won nine to five. Jays roughed up Lucas Giolito for the second time in two weeks. We had home runs for uh, Teoscar Hernandez and Alejandro Kirk, and plus a grand slam for Bo Bichette. Ross Stripling did his job, got back on track. Jay's bullpen gave up some run lates, but were able to seal the deal. So Riley, the floor is open. Lots to talk about in this series against the White Sox. Who gets your first thumbs up? Well, I like you said, game three was a nine to five game. And if you mm-hmm. do the math correctly, a grand slam is four runs. I see four run differential. So let's give it to Bo Bichette, man. Sure, yeah. And we were we were right on course with it. I think last episode I said it's about time. Let's see Bo's power numbers get up. Well, a home run, four RBIs with one swing of the bat will do that. Um, obviously, as Jays fans and guys who talk about the Jays, I'm not in love with how this series went. I'll be first and foremost there. But to get a grand slam out of Bo Bichette is great. I mean, it still keeps us in the running. Like you said, we still hold that first wild card spot but the yankees are still winning and on our heels yeah the red Sox, who out of nowhere i thought they were going to crap the bed and tampa's always <laughs> been past we know this i mean uh, we we lost the series the third game of the series felt great especially after the 12th inning uh fiasco i'll call it that we had <laughs> No, absolutely. And to touch on Bo Bichette there too, not only did he have the grand slam, he got a base hit in every single game this series. He is quietly on a six-game hitting streak now. So good to see from Bo Bichette. Plus he added a stolen base in game two of this series. So Bo Bichette just doing what Bo Bichette does. You know, I don't have a lot more to say about him. It's good to see this. You know, I still think he has room to improve. I wish he wouldn't chase so many pitches outside of the zone, but that's what you're going to get from Bo Bichette. And so more of the same, let's hope he can keep this hot streak going. Hey, six is almost a notable streak. That's a, that's a week of ball right there. Mm-hmm. Got to be feeling good about himself. I'm feeling a bit better about, about Bo after the series. Um, yeah. Again, let's hope he can keep it up, man. So 
same game. You want to talk about uh, one of our guys, Jesse? Do you want to talk about Stripling? I, I mean, yeah, he certainly he certainly had. I would say his one of his best start, if not the best start of his season so far. Man, what a blessing uh, Ross Stripling has been for this team. And you remember how bad Ross Stripling was when we got him in 2020 and how bad he yeah. was in 2021. And we're thinking, what are we going to do with this guy? He's supposed to be our sixth starter coming into the year. He hasn't looked good. Like he hasn't come close to matching those numbers he put up with the Dodgers. But this, this is the guy we were hoping to see. He bounced back nicely from his poor start against New York. And now three of his last four starts have all been really good. He got up to 87 pitches in this one, which now it seems like he's almost fully stretched out for a starter's workload. And run one, one run given up in six innings pitch against the White Sox, who are a good offensive team, that'll work. Like Ross Stripling has exceeded expectations we've had from this year. And as a starter this year, he has a 266 ERA. And if he was qualified, he would have a better ERA than Garrett Cole, Zach Wheeler, Shane Bieber, and Robbie Ray. Like absolute dynamite from Ross Stripling. And he's probably got to be locked in as what? Our number three starter? Four, if you think Barrios is better. But yeah, Ross Stripling is a lock and he's been a mainstay. And without him, I don't know where this Jays team would be. I think the value on Stripling um, is is almost it's in the eye of the holder. Like, is he just hot right now? Or is this like mm-hmm. what Ross Stripling actually is and can be, right? I mean, he was never really a starter with the Dodgers. He's a long relief pitcher traditionally. Um, now we see him... Um, you know, he's going to be in our rotation no matter what. Unless we acquire a pitcher, um, Stripling's going to be the guy that fills in for Ryu. And we couldn't have asked for a better substitution, man. And you're right, like 87 pitches, he's got to be fully stretched out. I mean, I don't have the mark on it, but I'm sure he hasn't thrown 85 pitches in a game before, especially in a, in a Blue Jays uniform. You know, this is something we need, and he's really stepping up to the plate, man. Or I should say toe in the rubber because he's a pitcher. <laughs> but Yeah, his hitting days are long over in baseball for Mr. Stripling. But um, yeah. I know 87 is his Blue Jays career high. I know in his major league debut when Ross Stripling was with the Dodgers, I think he threw a no-hitter into the seventh when Dave Roberts pulled him, if I remember that correctly. Um, but yeah, either way, good to see from Ross Stripling. Um, let's just hope he can keep this up. You know, he's just weak and inducing soft contact like crazy. And if that's a skill, then all for it. Love to see that from Ross Stripling. Um, another guy who's really impressed me so far this season, which might be a little bit off the radar, is how about Matt Gage? He looks like a guy who could have some staying power and could be part of this team going forward. Throwing from the left side, too, really helps coming out of this bullpen. And as you've kind of seen here in this series and the last bit against the Yankees, our bullpen has kind of struggled a little bit now. We've given up a lot of hits, a lot of runs and stuff. So we kind of need stability in our back end of our pen. And I think Matt Gage can provide that. He's going to bring us essentially what I think we thought Ryan Barucki could bring us at the start of the season. After his first six outings, he has a a 117 ERA now albeit six outings, seven innings pitch. Don't get too crazy about it. But his ERA in Buffalo was around one. And he goes into this game on Tuesday in the extra innings, only giving up one hit. Now, he took the hard luck loss because uh, the ghost runner, the zombie runner, the Manfred man, or whatever you want to call it, was on second base. And just the one hit happened to drive in a run, so he gets lost. But I'll say, I like what I've seen from Matt Gage. And this guy looks like he could be a real piece from this pen going forward. Want to add anything else here, Riley? Anything else on Matt Gage or talking more about the pen? Come on. I hear you. You're there. All right. Well, another guy we got to talk about. Don't have much to say because this guy's been amazing. But how about Alejandro Kirk? He's been doing it again this year. His man has been on fire. I don't really have anything else to say. He only started two of the three games in the series there, but two more home runs for Alejandro. Put him in the all-star game. Let's go. Just to make Yankee fans upset, if anything else. 
Yo, he's dude. He's way better than Trevino. I don't. Yeah, know oh yeah. Like it's no comparison, dude. He's got. And also, he's the, gotten the third amount of. Uh, the last time I checked, he's the third highest vote getter for the American League side. Yes. Anyways, like, He's he's a, he's no joke, man. And he's just. It seems like he's he's getting better every series, man. Like he knew he hit that ball out of the park. I didn't think it was a no doubter because mm-hmm. I mean. He's a he's a funny guy to watch play baseball. Let's be honest. And I love he's built like an old school catcher, man. And he's he's so fun to watch. He's an exciting player. And yeah, he's he's got to be the all star game starter, man. I know I don't want to try and beat a dead horse here. We talk about Kirk every damn episode because we we really do. (laughs) Well, I mean, but like, look what the guy's accomplishing this year so far. And he's making us look like geniuses. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. Uh, again, we'll keep it short, Kirk. Yeah, just we'll keep our thumbs up whenever you come up. Absolutely, man. Just wish you'd come to it, the plate more. Let's see it. Yeah. Uh, from the thumbs up, we're going to turn those around now into the thumbs down. And Riley, did you know that before he went one for four in the series finale, that Santiago Espinal was over his last 25? I did see that. Yeah, I did. That's, that's a bit of a dry spell for Santiago Espinal. Now, Mont- Charlie Montoyo clearly hasn't lost faith in him. He's been in the lineup every single day, and he's been, uh, even when righties are on the mound, so he hasn't been platooning with Biggio, at least not yet. So he's still got that firm hold on that second base job. And even when George Springer wasn't available in game three of this series, he batted Santiago Espinal leadoff. So he's really got Montoyo's faith here. But you and I talked about Santiago Espinal a lot for the first two months of the season. How is this production kind of came out of nowhere after adding 15 pounds of muscle throughout the season? Do we think that his first two months was just kind of a hot start. And now Espinal is going to cool off and be the player we kind of thought he was going forward. Or is he going to pick this up? This is just a small little blip in the radar. What do you think we're going to see from Santiago Espinal going forward? I think baseball is 162 games. And I think if you're, you're inhuman, if you don't go on a cold streak, yes, over 25 yes. is a pretty, pretty crappy number. Let's be honest, but averages and numbers sort of even out. I think if he finishes the year with 15 home runs and a 270 average, he's still, He's, he's still doing the right, he's doing all the right things, man. I mean, it, uh, the team was on his back, have, has been on his back for a couple games. He took a series off, well, about a series and a half or two series is off. But you know what? Can't dock him too much um, because you know what? He is versatile. I don't mind him hitting lead off or second the odd game if someone needs a rest or, well, we don't know with Springer, um, out now, but no, right? Yeah, Espinal, Espinal, Espinal is a good player. He made a lot of improvements and changes to his game, and physically is is just stronger. And yeah, he's a good ball player, just on a cold streak. All right, that's good. Nothing for it because we're going to need Espinal to be productive if we're going to uh, get things going forward. Riley, did you want to toss some thumbs down to somebody from the series? I don't know. We had um, we had Barrios have another like I. We can get into Barrios that. has been we. Oh yeah. No, I just want to say like, it just, it's since the first game of the year, then you get him doing a career high in strikeouts. Like mm-hmm. Brios is all over the map, dude. I don't know what to make of this guy right now. And I had such high confidence in him, even five, six starts in the year. And slowly my confidence is almost going down what I, which I hate to say, but Brios just has not been Jose Brios, what he can do, man. He's just another crappy outing. And, you know, he's just getting hit hard and hit around. Like, he's getting hit hard off of, which yeah, is really just, hard. He shouldn't happen. Oh, like, just incredible. Yeah, that's just another thumbs down. Brios has got to sharpen up his game. He's got to get back his craft a little bit more. This is not the pitcher that that we acquired. I mean, this is someone else. He's got to come back, I hope. 
For what it's worth, Jose Barrios has always had these inconsistent stretches of his career. Now, people give Jose Barrios credit because of his consistency, because year after year, he ends up with like a mid three ZRA. His numbers and strikeout rate and ground ball rate are all roughly the same. But the journey he takes to get there over the course of a season is a whirlwind. And we've seen that whirlwind so far here this season as well. He had uh, three good starts in a row, quality starts in the five of his last six, but the one he didn't have was terrible against the Angels, and this one here was also quite terrible. And uh, Chris Black, I know we've mentioned him before on the show, um, he posted something on Twitter saying, the big difference with Jose Barrios has been when that curveball is on. If he gets 16 inches or more of horizontal movement on that curveball, he's got a 338 ERA, a whip just over one, and really good numbers. If it's less than that, and it's kind of hanging and hanging a little more, it's got an 864 ERA and a 186 whip. And you kind of saw it in this game here too. He didn't have that feel for the curveball. And if you're a pitcher who's, you know, kind of just been league average at best so far this season, and you lose your best pitch, the team is going to sit on your fastballs. And Jose Brio's fastballs have been absolutely crushed this year. And so throwing them more does not seem like a good plan. And that's exactly what happened in this series. So that's what we're going to have to see from Jose Brio's going forward. If he's going to turn back to the guy we think he can be. Yeah, we sure as hell hope, man, because again, we're going to need to be firing at all cylinders and Barrios is a pretty big cylinder for this club, man. Who is our last one? I mean, you wanted to touch on, I think, a bullpen arm, perhaps. Yeah, I want to talk about Tim Meza and Tim. we gave Tim Meza credit on episodes before because he's been so good in the back end of our bullpen. But a reason my Matt Gage might be a thumbs up for us is because Tim Meza, the other left hand in our bullpen, has kind of been a little shaky since he's come back from his injury. His last two outings, he's given up runs in both of them and with more walks than strikeouts in his return. And with Jordan Romano and Jimmy Garcia having tougher outings as of late, the Jays kind of need Tim Meza to be a rock and to be a stable back there. And he hasn't. And the pen's been struggling as a whole. And I don't think it's an accident that Tim Meza is part of that as well. If this kind of poor stretch continues, it could really force the Jays to make a move in that pen sooner rather than later. I think that the I think that no matter what this year we're going to acquire a, a bullpen arm. I, I just think it's going to happen. I don't know the quality of of the pitcher, whether it's a setup man or like an elite closer or something. But I really feel like I feel like we got to go after. I, I feel like we got to go after a guy at, at some point, and we will. But until then, we got to fill fill this pen with the arms we have. And yeah, Gage is is out pitched Mesa. For sure. And Tim Mesa going into a, going into this year, I questioned if he could, you know, be a possible setup guy. My question's answered. It's a no. He just he just hasn't done it for me, man. He's, ha- he's been good in stretches. He's been really good at inducing that soft contact. But the Tim Mesa we saw in this series hasn't been good enough. And if he can get back to the way he was in those first two months of the season, I'm confident you could probably throw him in as your seventh inning guy. But yeah, we need more to that right now, especially if the Jays have envisions of going far in the postseason, because that's where your relief pitchers really matter has come in is in those playoff series. So let's hope the Jays make a move there sooner rather than later. Cause we saw last year that I think they waited too long to make the Adam Simber and Trevor Richards trade. If they make that trade earlier in the year, the Jays are in the playoffs and I'd be afraid if they wait too long and something doesn't happen here, maybe they're just waiting for the draft and all the prospect stuff to be over before they really focus on the trade deadline. But I hope not. I'd like to get to see that done sooner rather than later. I'm with you on that one. Start, start the ball rolling now. And mm-hmm. And let's get some October baseball out of it because we've made the moves early on. All right, I got some other notes to want to get into. Do you want to get into uh, Kevin Gosman first, or do you want to bash some umpires here? What do you want to do? I was, I, you know what I want to hear. You know what I want to hear first. Let's go. <laughs> let's talk about it. We have to talk about it. I'm assuming we're going with the umpires then on Tuesday night. We are going with the umpires <laughs> in game two of the series. 
All right, Riley. So a little quick story. I was at my own baseball game on Tuesday night, so I wasn't able to watch this game live. I had to watch it later when it was done. But after my game was over, I, I go on my phone. I look it up and I had texts from three separate people, including my own mother that said, what the hell is going on with the umpires in this game too? And you know, it's bad when three kind of casual non-baseball fans are going on here complaining about the umpires. Now, in fairness, umpiring the game is really hard to do, right? But these guys are supposed to be the best of the best at their level. And you know, he only got 89% of the calls right, which 89 sounds like a high number, but we really need more from that for an umpire. And he missed a real bad one, especially to Santiago Espinal. It was on uh, bases loaded in the eighth on a 3-2 count. It was ball four by about a foot and a half outside. And he called it a strike, which meant the White Sox out of the inning. And that could have helped the Jays win that game there. And according to umpire scorecards, it added a 2.03 runs for the White Sox in that game, which if you check the scoreboard, Jays lost that by one run. So single-handedly, I'm not saying the umpire cost us that game, but there are numbers there to say the umpires might've cost us that game. I'll say the umpires cost us that game. I don't like to blame. I do not like to blame the umpires, Jesse. I think I've said that on this, on this show. But this is one of those situations where it's like, damn, you know, that changes the, the, the that changes the whole, um, I'm not going to say outcome of the game. It changes the whole aspect and the dynamic of the game. Mm-hmm. When, when, cru- when critical, crucial, like situational calls are, are made and, and, and uh, wrong, like seriously wrong, that strike call was. <laughs> and yeah, like, frustrate. It's frustrating, man. Especially, hey, I'm not saying I'm going to go um, be an umpire or anything like that. He, he guy does a better job than me, yeah. but it's it's just very frustrating. It's been a problem all over the MLB this year, and it's like, hey, if it's a five nothing game and like you know it's a bases are empty and it's one out, like I don't care the situation. Like I won't even open my mouth. But when it's when the game's on the line and in a situation like that, that's huge. Like those those that can't happen. Yeah, and it's not just with the Blue Jays either. I know Doug Eddings was in a calling a Padres game earlier this week, and uh, the Padres fans and team there had a bunch of gripes with him as well. So, you know, maybe with Angel Hernandez not doing anything, maybe Doug Eddings is the new guy. I don't know. I hate that I know the names of these umpires too. If I know your name as an umpire, you've done something wrong. You've wronged me before in the past. So, I don't know. We'll see. Like, I know in my job, if I don't perform well, I've got discipline. I've got something to reprimand to. And it's just, it doesn't seem that we that way with umpires. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Is RoboOMS the solution? I know you don't want to go for it. And even if we do have RoboOMS, there's still going to be a home plate umpire that's got to stand there for close calls at the plate, right? So I don't know. They just need to be better. That's all. Could you imagine RoboOMS when the managers were actually psychos like Pinella and Gian? <laughs> just imagine Ozzy Gian grabbing a baseball bat and beating the hell out of a robot. <laughs> <laughs> It's like some video that's game stuff, I, like MLB Street I, 2005 or something like Wow, wow. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a game, but it sounds great. There was one where the ball had flames. I remember that when you yeah. beat beat guys up. I never played that, but I've, I've seen it. Um, yeah, no, I guess we move on to Gosman. But hey, man, like that's just, just it can't. Bad calls just suck when they're against they you do. in critical yeah. situations, man. And I'll say, won't say it, it, it changed the outcome of the game, but it certainly changed the dynamic. Like, At the end of the day, I think we just want the game to be decided by the players on the field, not by the umpires, right? Yeah, For sure. Anyways, let's get into Kevin Gosman. So here's a stat line from his game in game two. He went six innings pitch, seven hits, two earned runs, two walks, and seven Ks. Now, Kevin Gosman has run into some, some trouble a little lately, right? He's been as dominant for those first two months, and he's kind of had some bad starts here or there. But I'll say that splitter is still freaking nasty. And we were worried more about his tip pitching issue, especially in the uh, game against Minnesota, where 
you know, it seemed like they were picking up a splitter and not swinging on it. And that seemed to be what happened in the second half of San Francisco. But I was looking into Kevin Gosman's stats and he has the worst BABIP by quite a lot. So that means for those of you who don't know, any ball that's been hit in play has a batting average. And usually that's based on how good your defense is. And the Jays have a good defense. I think we're third best in defensive run save this year. So it's kind of weird that as soon as someone makes contact with Gosman, those balls are finding hits a lot more often than your typical pitcher. So I was curious on why that is. So we looked at some stats and on the Blue Jays um, defense metrics and whatnot. And the Jays put on an infield shift more than any other team in baseball. We've talked about this in an episode prior, how we thought, you know, their defense is going to go up and going to go in this game. They only put an infield shift on six times the whole game while Kevin Gosman was on the mound. So I think Charlie Montoya was looking at this, that he's given up a lot of flares, a lot of burners, a lot of opposite sealed soft contact on that splitter. And I think they're trying to say, if we put a more traditional defense on the field behind Kevin Gosman, then the bad isn't going to be as high. And all those little bloop singles that are bringing us this pitch counts and, you know, end up giving him runs against will not be happening anymore. And then they can turn those into outs. So I don't know. It's something like that kind of caught my eye. I thought that was kind of cool. And we should look for that going forward from Kevin Gosman to see if that can help him get back to his elite level production. I, I wouldn't mind. Hey, anytime you can prevent a runner from getting on base. I think a lot, a lot of it too, Jesse, like I like the strategy Montoya's trying to implement here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never, I'm never a big fan of shifting guys a lot anyways. Like I know there's like a, probably in some players' minds, there's like a big red X on the field where they're, that's their average baseball hit. Yep. And, and it just seems like, okay, now you, you play at that, you play at that red X where that ball is going to be hit. Well, you know, no, that guy just hit one five feet that way. And now you start playing like I, but I like traditional playing guy straight up unless you're, unless you know, unless it's a big lefty pole hitter or, you know, guys like that, like that's fine, but anything to prevent getting runners on. And again, I think Gosman just is, is cold right now. And yeah, if he throws more splitters, he'll strike more guys out too. Just yeah. make that. I just want to make that clear because his, like you said, his splitter is nasty. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't know, just something curious, a little thought I had. We'll see how that hands in going forward and we'll see if the Blue Jays can go for it. Uh, Riley, I want to touch on, okay. Did you notice now this didn't come into happen in the White Sox series, but it happened in the Yankees series. And I've kind of noticed it a lot throughout the season. So I wanted to bring this up to, to you now here. Um, the Jays in the Yankee series went into a game where they were down by one in the ninth inning. And they went, I believe, ground out, ground out, pop up, and ended the game. And then I was trying to think to myself, when was the last time the Jays went into the ninth inning down by one and were able to at least tie the game or win the game? Off the top of the head, do you know? Like a a number? No, I honestly, man, I couldn't, I couldn't. That's a lot of thinking for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I'm sure you, I'm sure you investigated and you're going to tell me the number. Yeah. So this season, um, when the Blue Jays have come up to the plate in the ninth inning down by exactly one run, they are 0 for 18, seven strikeouts, six ground outs, three flyouts, and two pop ups. They haven't even gotten a runner on base in the ninth inning when they're down by a run. It's not like they're facing Mariano Rivera every time out there, you know? And it's just, it's been these uncompetitive at bats. In fact, if you go back to last season as well, the Jays are 0 for their last 35 with four walks in the ninth inning when they're down by exactly one run. So I don't know what to take away from that. I just thought it was cool and uh, not cool in a good way. As a Jays fan, I don't love to hear that, but it just kind of interesting. I don't know. What's your takeaway? Oh, that's, I, I have a, like, that's an, actually, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, Jesse, that's an abysmal stat, dude. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about Gosman getting up flares. Well, we're not even getting like those little grounders no. choppers, like through the hole, like things like that. And 
Oh no, that's bad. And that might be pitch recognition. Like I, I, I would like to know what the correlation is between the pitches we've seen. You get guys like Bo, maybe he's swinging at high heat and pops it up or Tay Oscar lunges out, hits a weak ground ball, something like that. I don't know what the correlation is. I imagine it has something to do with that. Cause I have seen that a lot. And I, don't just mean that in the ninth inning, but apparently we're just going up there. Oh, one run ties it. Well, this guy's swinging for the fences. I'm sure it has something to do with that too. That's my guess as well. The guys are thinking I need to hit a solo home run here to end this game. And that's why they're just missing it. They're popping it up or they're grounding it out. I don't know how you change this. It's just, is this just a weird quirk in the numbers when you run through the season that this just happens or I don't know, but you feel kind of defeated. If it's a tie game, you give up a run in the top half. It just kind of feels with this Blue Jays team right now. You have no chance especially with how good this offense is too, that you're going to score a run in the bottom half. And that's what kind of kills a little bit. That's yeah. Especially in the ninth inning. I feel like this is a team, Jesse, that should just, should just put balls to the moon in the ninth inning, you know, really with the power this lineup has. And we have a lineup built for power. Um, and it, 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 the clutch factor that is the ninth inning is just non-existent. There is no clutch. It's almost like we're just, we're just running ourselves out of ball games by, I don't know. I'll have to look at these pitches that are being thrown and where they are and who's hitting them and, and the individuals, um, you know, behind what, what that is. Cause that's, that's mind blowing, man. Mind blowing. Hey, keep an eye on that. Next time the blue Jays are uh, down by one of the ninth inning. Let's see how they perform. Hopefully it's uh, they come back with a boom and get a win here. Uh, moving on to some news and notes. George Springer left Tuesday's game with right elbow discomfort and did not play in the finale. Now, reports are the Jays were going to see how it responds after the day off yesterday and then our team day off today to make a trip, whether he's going to be good to go or if he's going to need to make an IL trip. Uh, we still don't have any news as of now. I'd expect no news is good news, right? Or are they waiting to see how things go tomorrow and then uh, maybe post them on the IL and see? I don't know. But it, my initial gut feeling is that this is going to be an IL trip for George Springer. And it doesn't seem great. What are your thoughts on this? I think they move him to the IL, mm-hmm. um, which which sucks um, because you want to talk about backing up stats. Um, we all know that we play better with Springer in the lineup. Yes. That's just a proven thing. Um, I hope it's not long, but again, it's not something you want to aggravate. Um, Especially yeah, for a guy I, who's I, dealt I, with injuries a bunch too in his career, right? Yeah, man. And it sucks. It, it does suck too. And um, I begs the question, Jesse, you know, is I know Tapia had a home run in the series, but he could possibly be getting a good amount of time. Maybe we'll say two weeks. You know, I don't know how long, if it's a 10 day dial, let's say Tapia is a starter for two weeks. I mean, what does that do to this team? I, I know we haven't been a fan of him, And so far this season, I know he had a home run, um, against the white Sox, but eh, again, Palacio's getting DFQ'd like go yeah, back right, yeah. to that. We said that 40 years ago, we said that or however <laughs> long it was a few months back. No, it just never like when guys are hurt. I mean, Jansen's still in the IL or else I'd mm-hmm. be talking about him right now. And now Springer getting moved there. Yep. If, I, I could just imagine if he does go to the IL too, you'd imagine it's probably a lot of Rymel Tapia and Bradley Zimmer again, who in Tapia's defense, like you said, he did have a home run. He had played a little better as the series has gone on, but I think eh, is my definite uh, feeling about Rymel Tapia going through this lineup right now. Um, it would be nice if the Jays could go get that outfield depth that we've been talking that they should get. But God, honestly, since the start of the season, we were saying they need another outfielder here. And I, I haven't checked in the farm, but I don't know if there's a guy down there who could come up and produce for us here. And, 
I don't know. Maybe it would just be so nice if like Gabriel Moreno could just go out and shag some fly balls in left field or something just to get that bat in the lineup and know. And I know he's never played in his big league career. Maybe we see more Biggio in the outfield. I don't know, but we just got to see something, especially if George bring us hurt because this offense is going to miss him. I predict, I know that Biggio will probably play some corner field, probably right field. Um, I'm sure that uh, Tapia will get, I would say, the the majority of the workload um, that is George Springer's replacement. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on there. Some other news and notes. Jimmy Garcia is also dealing with some side discomfort. Uh, Zach Collins has been called up and is on the team's taxi squad. Uh, Danny Jansen is continuing doing baseball activities, but still isn't ready for a rehab assignment quite yet. And uh, Troy Tulowitzki, remember him? He has been named. Do I I remember Troy Tulowitzki? What is this, Jesse? (laughs) One of my favorite players of all time, Troy Tulowitzki. He has been now named coach at the University of South Carolina, coaching their uh, baseball team there. So I thought that was a kind of cool nugget for Troy Tulowitzki, who you and I both were big fans of. Um, Casey Lawrence, the guy we just sent down to call up Matt Gage um, in his first start since being back down to Buffalo. Here's the stat line for you. He went seven innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, no walks, and 11 strikeouts. Now, I only bring that up because the Jays do need pitching depth. And next week on our schedule, we do have a double header against the Tampa Bay Rays. So I'm thinking maybe, hey, this guy might be our guy to come in and uh, pitch for that game and that team. Just something to think about going forward. I'll think about it and let you know. Casey Lawrence pitching Blue Jays on a double header against a pesky Rays team. Yeah, I hope I, well, if he starts it, I hope he does well. Cause at that point, that'll be a series that we really need to win. God knows how many games Tampa's going to win in these in over this weekend. You know, it's, We'll wait and see, man. Especially with Wander Franco coming back too. Yeah, I know it's um, it's 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 tough, man. I, no, no one said this was ever going to be easy, Jesse. No. It's going to be tough, and the AL East is is just so unforgiving, man. Um, or Elvis Martinez, the Blue Jays' second best prospect behind Gabriel Moreno. We haven't talked about him in a while. Here's an update for you. He's kind of been struggling with the uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He's been hitting 207, 281, 345. A steady diet of fastballs in and off-speed pitches away seem to be the culprits. And I wonder if this hurts his trade value at all or if this is just a blip and he's going to get hot. But uh, you never want to see a guy. I know he's one of the youngest players in AA, but you never want to see a guy struggle, especially a top prospect like that. Well, especially at the AA level, I feel... I know what you say about the stone throw thing. Once you're in double A, it's only mm-hmm. a stone throw away. But, you know, double A is so different than even triple A. Um, I know it's a big mix of prospects. Um, there are a lot of older players in triple A. Double A is still a very young group. And him being even younger, um, I think la- last year he was in, um, he was with the Dunedin, correct? Yeah, it was high A, yeah. He was with high, or high A club last year and he did, Great there. I know he's struggling. Again, I don't think it decreases his value. I think Aralvis Martinez is a valuable young infielder, and I don't want to trade him away. I would like to keep him in our system and let him develop um, with us. I mean, it's not like you're – I don't think you move a guy like that around. Like, if he's hitting 207, whatever. Like, let's let's see what he does, man. He's got, he's got time to turn it around. We're not calling him up tomorrow and have him in our lineup. He's got time to develop his tools and hopefully he starts hitting the ball better. That's all you can really say, man. Yeah. I think the Jays want to see him kind of make a comeback here too, right? They want to see the guy struggle and see if he can has the mental fortitude to readjust and get back on track. So we'll keep an eye on that going forward. Well, Riley, after an off day today, the blue Jays make a rare trip to Milwaukee, a place we don't go too often. They will face the first place Milwaukee Brewers. And although these starting pitchers have not been confirmed, um, I've got an educated guess at I think what it's going to be. Uh, game one on Friday is going to be Alec Manoa against Adrian Hauser. 
Game two is going to be Yusei Kikuchi against the defending Cy Young Award winner, Corbin Burns. And game three will be Jose Barrios against a guy we just saw a few weeks ago in Minnesota, Chichi Gonzalez, who is now on Milwaukee, and we will get to see him again. So, Riley, what are you hoping forward to see from the Jays in this series? I'd be really looking forward for a winning series, whether that be taking two games or a sweep. Um, again, it's we've lost our last two series and it's it's really it's I've, the mood's been down for me as far as um, the level of baseball we've played. Now we're playing a team that plays in the National League Central and a diamond we don't play at a lot. Um, I mean, let's see, like go nuts. This would be a game to change the lineup up. Like I know Kirk's been hitting cleanup, great. Keep them there. Like you want Vladdy hitting too? Maybe this is the game for it. Yes, like, I want Vladdy hitting too. Or, or, or Bo hitting even three or four. Like, I mean, this is the time to do it. Um, I'm not saying it's an experimental series, but we're throwing, hey, like Manoa's going to go out there. He's going to rock it. We're also against some good pitchers. This is a great game for Kikuchi and Barrios to both bounce back. Jose Barrios needs it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, he, he, he needs it. He, he really needs it. Um, like, Milwaukee is one of the best pitching clubs in the MLB, dude. That's all I have to say. Milwaukee's got Milwaukee's got the probably the best the whole staff in the National League. Yeah, and I mean, they're dealing with a lot of injuries right now with Woodruff and Waldy Peralta, and um, I feel like there's another one I'm missing that's on the IL right now, too, but their bullpen's still good. I, I think Hater's healthy right now, and he'll be there and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I'm excited to see our old friend Rowdy Telez. It'll be good, good to see him again, and for me, I really want to see Kikuchi I know he's in tough against Corbin Burns, but I want to see him hammer that fastball early and often throw that pitch more And hell. I want to see a good curveball from Jose Barrios as well. Um, my prediction here is they're going to take two out of three. Manoa is going to do his thing. And um, I will tell you right now, hammer the over in that Chi Gonzalez, Jose Barrios start. Cause that's going to be a slug fest. And let's just hope the Jays come out on the right side of that one. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say that we, we almost hit double digits in this series for a run. I think we probably get eight or nine runs in that Chichi Gonzalez trade or sorry game. Um, and Barrios, let's hope he doesn't give up five, six, seven runs. Uh, I, I agree with you, man. I think we take two out of three, uh, but we're in we're in tough. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pitcher's duel um, in one of them either, because you're going up against Corbin Burns. What do you expect, man? I'll admit I don't feel great about this series though either. Nope. So, yeah, if we're gonna <laughs> live, if. We're, if if we're gonna lose, if we're gonna lose a game, it's because we just we just got shut down by, like you said, uh, last year's Cy Young Award winner in the National League. So not much you can do about it, man. You're bound to run into a, someone like that in mm-hmm. the long season. Well, that'll do it for our episode here today. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, big news from us because not only can you find us now on YouTube and Spotify, but we are now on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Samsung Music. Uh, we aren't on Apple or Google Podcast yet, but in due time we should get there. So. You can find us almost anywhere you can find your podcast now. So that's good stuff. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe and give us those five-star reviews and all that fun stuff. Riley, anything else to throw in before we get out of here today? Oh, one more win for my Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. We had Nazem Kadri mm-hmm. with the OT winner last night. Six Shout men on the to- ice, though. Well, look at the picture. Tampa had seven. <laughs> Shout out today. To- well, look at it. Uh, shout out today, too. Um, my buddy, Ian Dolmage is yep. 30th birthdays today. Ian, if you're listening, which you should, I told you to listen to us. Happy birthday, man. And have an awesome day. Um, yeah, go Colorado. And like I said, more importantly, let's go blue Jays. We need this series win against the Brewers. Let's go team. Absolutely. We'll be back on Sunday to cover that game until then. Let's go blue Jays. <laughs>